Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. week I shared about the practice of seeking and sharing forgiveness and how it is our only recourse in mending in maintaining the good relationships that really make our life abundant there is no other way and so sometimes we're on the side of seeking forgiveness and other times we're on the side of sharing forgiveness but either way it's how we keep our good relationships moving forward and so that brings us to where we're at today and our last, our last uh, topic is gaining God's perspective. It, it, if you live long enough, you know that, that life is like this. It's ups and downs if you look at it circumstantially, okay? God is always constant. His love for us is always constant. His ability to remain in control, the details of our lives, no matter what the circumstances, that is always constant. And until we gain that perspective, until we see our circumstances through His eyes, we're going to go right along. Our lives will be up and down. It'll just kind of be determined by our circumstances. And so I want to invite Mark uh, to come, and he's going to build on that. And as he comes, would you just welcome him? Give him a good cornerstone welcome this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. I'm going to be down here. I'm tall enough. I don't need to stand on Mike texted me a week or so ago and asked me to share about the big picture. And it just so happened that Cindy and I were in a conversation about the big picture, talking about different things in life. And when you stop and think, we spend an enormous amount of time thinking about the big picture of what's going on in our lives. We spend a lot of time contemplating, having conversations about long-term goals, what's going on, why things happened, and, and that, is, that, that actually dominates much of our life. It dominates us. And so this, this message, this story of Joseph, to me is critical. And I, it happens to be one of our favorite Christian movies, Joseph the one with Ben Kingsley in it. The, there's a version that's like three hours long, and then there's a cut version. I would recommend the cut version for a couple of reasons. And it stays pretty parallel with Scripture, but I just, we just, I love the story of Joseph. And, and so that's what we're going to be focusing on this morning, what happened with Joseph and what God did through Joseph. And there's some really important things here. And I'm just going to give a nutshell of Joseph's life, I'm pretty sure we all know it, but in case we don't, um, Joseph was born into a family. His father was Jacob. He had ten brothers, and his father ended up having his name changed to Israel. They became the, the nation of Israel with the ten brothers. The ten brothers ended up being the ten of the twelve patriarchs of the of, of Israel, the twelve tribes. These were ten of them. In chapter 37 of Genesis is when Joseph is brought on the scene. 
He's already 17 years old. He's already hated by his brothers. His brothers hate him. They want to kill him. They throw him in a pit. They end up selling him into slavery. Joseph ends up in Egypt and is sold to Potiphar and, and spends a portion of his life as a slave. And then Potiphar's wife hits on him. He runs from her and she lies about it. Then he ends up in prison for a season. And then he ends up interpreting Joseph's dream, or not Joseph's dream, Pharaoh's dream, and he ends up being the governor of all of Egypt. And what happens with this story is that we end up focusing on the hardships of Joseph. He is hated by his brother. He ends up in this, and we end up talking about family things. You know, Jacob shouldn't have set him apart, makes him his coat of many colors, so his brothers hate him even more. And so when they're out doing their sheep thing, and Jacob sends Joseph out to check on him, then they have this all set up to kill him. And they wanted to kill him. Reuben saved his life, and he ends up getting sold. And so we get caught up in this. Poor Joseph. He ends up as a slave. Poor Joseph. He ends up in prison. Poor Joseph. And we have this, this whole chain of, of what appears to be, and what actually is, it's really pretty tragic-looking life. But in the end, he ends up in a place that is impossible without, all these other, without what happens in his life. And this is, this is so important because in our lives, I am guilty of this. I can't tell you how guilty I am on this, where we focus on being rejected, being lied about. Every one of us in this room right now is remembering where they've been rejected, where they've been lied about, tragic family situations, tragic job situations, why did I end up here? All of these things are all, are all pictures, memories in us that relate to Joseph. Am I right? And this is, this is, where, we, this is where we're at. And so when we read something like this about Joseph... It's easy to stay there. It's really easy to stay there. But Joseph, Joseph is one of the only people in the Bible that really walked the line. He is a really hard guy to relate to other than his circumstances are really bad because we have no indication that Joseph ever failed. We have no indication that Joseph ever spent any long periods of time worrying about or, or complaining about his circumstances like David did. David just bore his heart out, and we see the heart of David. And, of course, David always ended up giving glory to God and knowing that God was his provider, but we still hear that heart with Joseph. We never heard the heart of the complaining. We never, it doesn't say that he was walking around rejoicing either. It doesn't say either. And so we... And, so that's just left out. We can't, we can't magnify either of those portions of his life, his emotions, what he's going through. I've got to believe that he had some nights wondering what, what was happening. Why, why, why am I being sold as a slave? But there are indications in his story that are very telling. They're very telling to where Joseph's heart was. And, and, and more importantly... 
what God saw in Joseph. Because when we get sucked into our circumstances, into what's going on in our life, we completely lose out on what God thinks about us. This is what the story we went through the whole worship service this morning is, what does God really think about us? God loves us. There's a part in here where it says, and God was with Joseph. You know that we spend so much of our life in this religious system trying to convince God that we want to be in his presence. What that statement is, and God was with him, was God's desire to be there with Joseph. It's God's desire to be with us. It's God's desire to be in every one of our lives. That's huge. We're not trying to earn our perspective with God. God came down in Christ. I don't want to get off track. Thank you, Jesus. The simplicity, the simplicity of the gospel is God with us. He's here. He's here. Joseph. He ends up being sold to Potiphar. And this is, this is, this is huge. And I don't know if you go through this process in your mind and imagining Joseph hated by his brothers. He gets thrown in the pit. He ends up with these Midianites and, and dragged to Egypt. He ends up on a slave block. Most likely he is stripped naked and he's standing on this block with all of these people standing around and he ends up getting sold to Potiphar. And we'll put it up on the screen. Chapter 39, verse 2. He's just sold to Potiphar. In verse 2, and it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. The man was a slave that was stripped away from everything that he may have had in as far as an inheritance, his family, everything, and he ends up as a slave. And this is what God says of him. Joseph was a successful man. That's God's perspective of you. Outside of all of the circumstances that we see, that is, that is, that is God's perspective of you. That's just huge. It's hard to imagine, but it's huge. He ends up going through this process with, with Potiphar, and what really happens is that he gets brought in there, and, and God is with him. He's with God. And everything that he does prospers. Potiphar sees this. Potiphar's an unbeliever. He's a Gentile. And, but, but Potiphar recognizes that God is with him. And he gets promoted, and he ends up running Potiphar's estate. So his, when we think about him spending all this time as a slavery, God has promoted him to a place in Potiphar's home to where he is running Potiphar's estate. 
He didn't stay down. And the only way that this can happen is by maintaining faith that God is with us and that what, he, what we put our hands to, he's really going to bless this. There's no wavering. There's no double-mindedness. And this is huge because we get lost in our, in our, we get lost in what's going on in our circumstances. And all of a sudden we're running in the doom and gloom of the world. We have the creator of the, of the universe that wants to be involved in our lives and bring us to the next place. Bring us to the next place. Potiphar's wife, apparently Joseph was a hottie, and, and, and then he's, you know, he's prospered. Everything about him is, is awesome. And, and Potiphar's wife gets an eye on him, starts hitting on him, and they end up in the circumstance where he's in their house. Just imagine this, though. He's, this is where Joseph was elevated to in Potiphar's house, is that he is in the house doing work, doing his thing, running the, running the estate. And so the occasion is that he has actually has the opportunity for Potiphar's wife to try and seduce him. There's a thought in there. He was a slave, but slaves don't do this kind of thing. They don't interact with people in, 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 the, high, in the high position of their house. So anyways, he, you know, he says no. She grabs him. He runs out, leaves the coat. She lies to Potiphar about this, and Potiphar gets mad, throws him in prison. So then this starts again. He's in prison. He's been falsely accused. And soon, the jailer, the jail administrator, the warden, sees that everything that, that, that he does, it prospers. And it gets to the point to where, to where the, the jailer, and it says that he did not even pay any attention to what Joseph was doing. That is trust. Most of us in our jobs, we have supervisors that are constantly looking over our shoulders. It wasn't like this. Maybe, maybe the jail administrator may have been lazy and didn't care. That may have been the case, but it says that he wasn't worried about what, he was, what Joseph was doing. And that's, not, that's huge. That's huge. And, be, and again, it's because of what God was doing in his life and because Joseph, and I don't believe he ever forgot the dream in the first place of what was going to happen. I don't think he ever forgot what God had spoken to him, and that, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But so what happens is he's in, he's in running the jail, and the cupbearer and the baker from Pharaoh's court ends up in prison with them. They did something and offended Pharaoh, and so now they're in, in jail. And so Joseph is taking care of them. So he walks into their cell, and he knows, notices that they're, they're sad. Something happened. And it does happen like that in jail, where people one day are happy, the next day they're not. You can tell these things, because right away you would think, well, I'd be depressed all the time. But he notices that their countenance was low. And so he asked them, what's wrong, guys? And they said, well, we had a dream. And this is, this is, this is really important, because... Joseph right now is about 28 years old. He was 17 when this started, now he's 28. And so he has this encounter with these two guys, the cupbearer and the baker, and they both have these dreams. And they were upset because there was nobody around there to interpret the dream. And Joseph says, 
Interpreting dreams is God's business. Go ahead and tell me the dream. So he's been in this whole situation for 10, 11 years now. And he runs into an encounter with two guys. He sees the need, and he has no doubt in his mind that God is going to fulfill that need through them. And I know what I probably would have said. <laughs> Good luck with the dream. God told me a dream, showed me a dream a long time ago, and look at where I'm at. I've been sold as a slave. My brothers hate me. I was lied about. Just good luck with your dream. And when we get sucked into the world, when we get sucked into our circumstances, that's where we find ourselves. And in this, in, to, be, to be mindful of what God is doing, to constantly remember, this is what God has for me to do. This is who I am in Christ. All of these things causes us to turn around and say, this is God's business, and I have Christ in me. God has a purpose behind my life. My circumstances may be completely different or completely contrary to what I think they should be, but God is with me anyways. I know he has a great plan for me. I know, he, I know he's with me. I know he never forsakes me. I know he's working in my life so much so that I can pour out on you what I have in me. I can pour out on you what I have in me because I know that God is with me. Joseph, again, 11, 12 years, 10, 11 years, he's been going through all this stuff and he runs into this situation and he can turn around and say, tell me your dreams because God is with me. I, this is huge. This is huge. To be able to walk that faith line, like what we're talking about, what Mike was talking about with with being able to just, you know what, I'm starting to just be feel overwhelmed by life. Father, what, what is it that, that's taken this joy away because I want to walk in your joy. I want to walk in your peace. All of the fruit of the Spirit is, is in us. And, and just maintaining that, who am I in Christ? I know what I am in Christ. I know what I am. And when it starts to leave, it's like the world starts choking out everything inside of us that we turn back and just say, Father... This is, this is a difficult day. I don't want to lose my peace. I don't want to lose my joy. I don't want to lose my direction. I don't want to lose my purpose. I don't want to lose any of these things. I want to be able to turn around and look at the people around me and say, this is God's business. Tell me. Because God's going to work through me. That's just awesome. That's just awesome. You think about what this kid went through. Two years after this, and he actually tells the he actually asked the, the cupbearer, remember me when you're in, in Pharaoh's court. And I think there's a lot to that. But we'll go past that. He ends up in Pharaoh's court. He ends up interpreting the dreams of Pharaoh. Pharaoh elevates him from, from the jail administrator, running the jail, to governor. And he ends up saving the known world. He ends up saving the known, known world, literally. So looking at Joseph's life, when he started out, he was helping his father run his household. Joseph ends up in Potiphar's house. He ends up helping Potiphar run his estate. He ends up in prison. He ends up running the prison. 
he ends up in Pharaoh's court, and he ends up running the country and saving the world. We need to just stop focusing on what the world is doing to us and focusing on what God is doing for us. Like the testimony that that was shared about communion. God's not in a box. We're in the box. We need to get out into God's world where it's, where it's eternal. And that's just huge. And one of the... Fast forward. Thank you, Jesus. God sees this big picture. He sees the beginning and the end. Somehow, timeless. He's in both places at the same time. He knows. He knows what he's doing. And we really need his help. We need to keep this perspective. And one of the awesome things about the Old Testament, being types and shadows of Christ, Jesus told the Pharisees, the Old Testament, the Law and the Prophets, spoke of me, Jesus, and you guys don't even know me. And this is one of the greatest types and shadows that we have, where Joseph is a type of Christ. He's born in Israel. His father's name was Israel. That became the, the nation of Israel. Joseph is a type of Christ. He's rejected by his own. He's actually sold for 20 pieces of silver. Jesus was sold for 30, but it's a type. He's thrown in a pit. Signifies death. He ends up 30 years old. He falls into his perfect purpose in his ministry. Jesus was 30 when he started his ministry. He's given a Gentile wife, which is a picture of the Gentile church, who we are. Joseph's two sons ended up being grafted in to the nation of Israel to complete the 12 tribes of Israel. And that sets the stage and tells the story of the redemption of Jesus, and it sets the stage for the nation of Israel until now. It's huge. That's just like so cool. How God interweaves all of these things into this young man's life. What God did for Joseph. And actually Joseph's life from chapter 37 of Genesis, it goes all the way into Genesis and it actually, it actually impacts the next 400 years of history until Moses comes in. That's just awesome. Bringing it down a little bit more personal, this house. What is God doing in this church? And I, this is personal for us because we kind of know what happened. We're kind of intertwined in all this. Michael had, a, had plans to come and visit us, to hang out with us down in the springs. Already had plans to be here when the church called him to come out and visit. So the plans were already set. It was set up. I believe that. I don't believe in, circum- I don't believe in coincidences with, with God. I don't believe in that. I believe in divine appointments. So the plan was already set for Mike to come here. He came, and we drove up with him when he first came to preach here. And we were sitting here, and I wasn't sitting, in this, I wasn't even sitting here for five minutes. And God spoke to me and said, this is the core group to build on. 
And he was just answering a question to me, two of them actually, is this a good church for them? It's the core group to build on. The second question is, should they be coming here? It was a clarification inside of our hearts of whether or not they should actually make this move. So he cleared up two questions inside of me about this church and about what was happening. I knew that they were coming. I knew they were coming at that moment. And I knew that God had put this place here, had put people here, and, and he was saying what he was saying to you is that you are a foundation to build upon. That's huge. That's a blessing. When, we're, when, we're, when we left, and we're driving out, because Mike went with Mike Castle for lunch, or I think you all went to lunch, but anyways, we're driving down, and we get in the car, and Cindy says, I have never been in a church that, has been, that is so friendly. And, and that, how many churches? The church history, I mean, it's like, we're talking lots of churches. But she said, I have never been in a church that is so friendly. That is such a blessing. And I'm saying this to bless you guys because, you know, we have to know we have to be reminded sometimes what God is doing. We have to be reminded that God has set a stage, that God is moving forward. He has a plan. It is not that this is going to just shrivel away into nothing, but actually he is building something to make an impact in our lives as his children, as his disciples, so that we can have an impact in the world around us. We are heaven on earth. We are God's if we are Christ's body, we are, we are his hands and his feet and all that stuff. But God has a plan. He's, and we're in the middle of it. We have a place. We have a purpose. And bringing it down to the individual, to us, is that I've got to ask, what has God said to you? Has God given you a dream like Joseph has and, and these things, words, God speaks to us in so many different ways now because of the Holy Spirit. Still small voice, impressions, all of these different ways where it's just like, I know that was God. We can forget that. We can hear something from God and, and months later, because we're choking out the word of God, we can forget that. And I'm just praying that these things are going to be stirred up inside of you and the, the possibilities are endless inside this group of what God may have called you to do or spoken to you to do. It doesn't mean that you're going to end up being a governor of Egypt, like we elevate that position like it's so much greater than something else. Because everything that God does is important. Everything that God does through us is important. But what has God said to you? Because Joseph wouldn't, I don't believe, I, I don't believe that, that Joseph would have been able to, or he would not have had the purpose to go through, walk that whole journey that he walked to without knowing that God had impacted his life, taken that impact and said, no, God, my, your word to me is truer than what my brothers did. Your word to me has, is elevated above what Potiphar's wife said about me. Your word is greater than what, than what happened to me to end up in prison all of these circumstances, your word is way up here. My circumstances are way down here. I don't believe he would have walked that without having that grounded inside of him. He certainly would not have been able to turn around and tell the cupbearer and the baker 
Tell me. Because this is God's business. Tell me. Knowing what God is doing in our lives is important and he wants to know. We may not know the details. We may not know all the details of what's going on in our life. But we know. One of my favorite verses that God threw at me months ago now is Psalm 119, 105. And everybody knows it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have... I have written down in the beginning of my Bible the words that God has spoken to me. Not all of them, but most of them. And the reason why is because I don't ever want to forget. Because I know I went through a season of life where I had forgotten what God really wanted me to do. I don't ever want to forget. I don't ever want to forget. And I, there's types of things, different things that Israel did. God always had them building altars and things and that was all done to remember what God has done church we gotta we gotta elevate what God has done what God has spoken in our lives to a point to where we never forget God has this big picture he wants us to know what we're doing he's not he's not holding back and saying you figure it out he wants us to have he wants us to see that end of that path. We may not all the, know all the twists and turns to get there, but Joseph had that dream that was off in the distance, and he knew that God was true to his word. He knew it. And that's what kept us going. That's what kept him going. And it's what keeps us going. Knowing this is what God's, God's will is. Third John, verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. All the promises of God are yes and amen, was mentioned this morning. That's what God thinks about us. That is what God thinks about us. This is huge. This is huge. Let's pray. Why don't we stand? Father, I just, I thank you so much for your word. I love your word. I love that all of this stuff intermingles with what's going on in our lives. Father, I just pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation over everybody here. Father, that this word is in our hearts and that when we walk out, when we get up tomorrow morning, Father, that by your spirit, you're going to remind us of your plan, your purpose for us, Father. And we're going to grab a hold of it and say, I'm not going to forget. You keep reminding me I'm not going to forget. And we're going to start walking this line like we have never before. Father, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for the power of your word that you have spoken over us. That this will penetrate our hearts and bear fruit. It will penetrate our hearts and bear fruit that we will be devoted to what you have done to us, done for us and that you're going to do through us. Father, we'll recognize circumstances as opportunities, not as, not as reasons to step back and, and think about how rough we've had it, but Father, what you're doing, that you are going to elevate us in your kingdom, that you're going to use us like never before, Father, that, that people are going to see Christ in us because of our hope and the faith that we have in what you've done for us.
You're an awesome, loving God. And Father, I just love that you want to be with us. We want to be with you, but Father, you overwhelm us with your love. And Father, we just receive that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If anybody has anything specific that's like jumped out on them, and you want prayer, Cindy and I would love to pray pray with you. Mike would love to pray with you. Um, But I just pray that this is ministered to you like it has to me over time. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.